Well, good morning, everyone. So excited that you are here. This is always an interesting uh, Sunday after Christmas. I know a lot of traveling and stuff, and I originally wasn't going to be, I wasn't scheduled for this week. I was scheduled for another week, and then my wife got COVID, and so we had to, we quarantined for a little bit. So I, I came on this week, and when I was thinking about what to talk about, I'm like, man, what can I talk about the last day of the year? Like, what, what is you know, what, what is going to be really this profound thing? And I started thinking through a bunch of different things and started praying and just saying, God, you know, this is, this is the final Sunday of the year and I, 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 want to, I want to discuss something that I believe might be close to people's hearts. And I decided to title this message, I'm Tired. And yes, I am very tired. I, I really am like... Last night did not sleep at all, so it's actually very fitting. Uh, one of our, our middle son kept waking up and kept getting, he got in our bed, and it's amazing how, you know, it was, it was actually really funny. He gets in our bed, and I kind of scoot him over at one point because I'm now on the edge, and he wakes up and he says, Dad, I was here first. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? You were not here first. First of all, you weren't even here literally before me, so what are we talking about? But it's interesting, so th this couldn't fit better because I really am tired. But I'm wondering if maybe you're tired. And not just physically tired, maybe you're mentally tired, maybe you're just exhausted because it's just been an interesting year, as we know, 2020. In fact, I'm ready for 2021 to take place so that we can stop talking about 2020, but we got one last Sunday, so let's chat about it a little bit. But I'm not sure where you're at today. If you're tired mentally, if you're just exhausted, for me, the holidays are one of these times, one of these seasons, believe it or not, that really, really fills me up. Like, I really enjoy it, but I know a lot of people, it's very stressful, it's very time-consuming, and it ends up really bringing a lot of the tank down. And so this week, it was kind of interesting, I was talking to my wife, Megan, and she, this is the day after Christmas, and she's like, man... We were in the kitchen. She was like, I'm just really tired. Like, I'm just exhausted. And I said, what? And she's like, yeah, just, I'm like super tired. And I'm like, but it's, it was Christmas. Like, it was the best time of the year. We got Christmas music going on. And like, the tree was up and it was great. And she's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just really tired. And so then I'm giving her a hard time. I'm like, oh, you're one of those people that's like, you know, super stressed during the holidays and stuff. And she, she goes on to a ask me a few questions. She said, uh, did you, she's like, did you wrap any of the gifts? And I was like, no I, no, I didn't. She's like, did you go out and get any of the gifts? I was like, no, no, I didn't. She's like, did you shop for gifts for your parents and for my parents? I was like, well, well, no. And she's like, oh, that's right. You made all the food. And I was like, no. And she's like, oh, yeah, that, that's right. It was me. And she keeps asking me all these questions. Before you know it, I thought, wow, hot. Christmas is an exhausting time. Like, it's a very exhausting time depending on who you're, who you're asking. So if you're asking me, it's a fantastic time. I made the Griggs December bucket list of all the things that we were supposed to do, and I told her, I said, because hey, she goes, oh, all you did was make the bucket list. That was an exhausting time, okay? So let's give myself a little bit of credit. But apparently it's an exhausting time, and now I'm seeing that. So maybe you really are tired. Maybe you're coming off this, and I just, I felt like the Holy Spirit, it was really interesting. I just felt like this clicked, and it was like, rest. That's what I want you to talk about today. I want you to talk about rest. Now, Blair's going to be starting a series in Genesis next week that you heard. We're going to get into Genesis just briefly. But the whole idea of rest is a really interesting one. Because when I think rest, I think sleep, some of those types of things that, that 
really are this, this kind of thing in society. It's like, well, I, need to, I never get enough sleep. I never get enough rest. And I think it's true. I think we're people that are sometimes overworked. We are overstressed. We have a lot of pressures in our life. And we don't take time to rest because our society says you should go, go, go. And we've talked about things like this before. And as I sensed that the Holy Spirit was like, Mike, I want, to talk, I want you to talk about rest, I kind of was convicted because I think it's so easy to get caught up in what society says, that we need to go, we need to work harder, we need to grind, we need to be better. And all those things calculate go, go, go. So the idea of stopping and resting is a really, really interesting one. And I've found that many times in my life, and I'm guessing in your life, that you get to a place where you keep going to the point where you start to actually get numb. You start to get used to the routine because we love routine, but you get so into the routine of go, go, go that you begin to maybe experience burnout and you're not even fully aware. It's one of the reasons people stop serving in church, actually, is because we get too burned out. We think, I need to go, 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 go. And we think that the solution to get unburned out, if you will, is to stop serving. And that is actually not the case. I think it's one of the enemy's actually greatest tools. He says, if I can overwork these servants in the church and I can overwork the body, maybe they'll stop serving. And that's a huge win. See, the problem is, is we don't know how to rest. That's why we get burned out. It's not necessarily we go too hard, we go too hard, we go too hard in the serving department, and if we stop serving, we'll feel rested. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you have ever stopped serving, let's say, and felt overly rested, like I feel much better? I've done that before. Growing up, I might have been serving. I was serving like in my youth group, let's say, and oh, basketball was getting to be too much, and sports were getting to be too much, and I'm like, man, I got to stop. Like I'm just getting overworked, overworked, overworked. And I got to stop. I got to stop serving. You know what I did? I filled that time that I would have been serving with something else, and I was just as tired. I was just as unrested. It's a rest problem. We have a rest problem. Not only in our society, but in our world and in our hearts and our spirits, I believe we're designed to work. But the problem is, is that we don't know when to rest. I want you to read in Genesis 2, 1 through 3. It'll be up on the screen. You've seen it a million times. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. I was looking this particular part up. I was reading all these different things about the Hebrew translation and stuff. And if you will notice, it actually does say rest. It doesn't say sleep. And there is actually a difference. It says, so on the seventh day he rested from all his work, and then God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. God does two things here. He blesses the seventh day and he makes it holy. So, basically what this is, is God's blessing. I want to share with you the two things, that God's blessing is one thing, and then God making the seventh day holy is another thing. So God's blessing is tied to what he had done and his ability to provide for his people even when they sat out a day of work. I actually believe that if we rested, we would be more productive because we would be less burned out. We would be better servants if we were less burned out, correct? How many times when you get burned out from doing something are you at your best? You're not because you're tired, you're exhausted, you're mentally done, you've mentally checked out, or maybe you're ready to check out. This is a really huge deal that God is doing this. God was not tired 
God didn't rest because he needed rest. He didn't rest because he was sleepy. God rested because he wanted us to know that it is him and him alone who gives us rest. It's not our beds. It's not our couches. It's not our lack of serving. It's not our, it's God alone that gives us rest. And I'm going to explain that a little bit further. But that is the first one is that God's blessing is tied to his ability to let us know that it is him and him alone who is resting us. The second thing is that God makes the seventh day holy. What does that mean? Well, it means that he wants to set apart that day. And that means basically in this circumstance, it's an intentional opportunity to work hard and to grind for the kingdom and to serve and give all you have, but that rest time is set apart. We don't live in a world that cares about the Sabbath, right? The, sh the Shabbat, it talks about the Shabbat in the Jewish transcript and all these different things, the Shabbat. We don't care about that. Seven, the seventh day is now just an extra day to get work done. God is wanting us to be productive in those six days. Don't get me wrong. He doesn't say, hey, I want you just to sit there all si seven days. No, it's very clear. He was intentional about the six days, and he wants us to be very intentional about the six days of work. You should be out there grinding for the kingdom, going after it, serving, pursuing relationships, being uh, filled with humility in how you serve. Just six days of just saying, God, I am yours, and I am going to go for it. And then that seventh day, whatever day that is, it's not always Sundays because for different people, like for me, my day off was Monday. So Monday, that's, that's something that's like, I need to take that more seriously. Why? Not so I can just sit there and twiddle my thumbs, but so that I can, A, recognize that God had blessed that day. It's an opportunity for me to say, God, if I sit here and don't do anything, you're still at work because I'm not that important. And it's also the second, the second part, part B, of saying, you know what? You are holy, God, and I want to observe all that you have done. So I'm going to set apart a moment to rest when you don't take a time to rest, unfortunately what happens is you begin to think that, A, you are more important than maybe what you are. I've done that so many times in my life. I thought, man, God needs me out here. He needs me to be doing this. There's been many times where I've gotten like a call or a text of somebody that needs me to come meet with them. Maybe it's a couple. And they're like, hey, we really need you. And it's a Sunday or something. I just got home and I'm sitting there and they're like, hey, we really need to meet if you can meet. And I'm looking at my wife and kids and they're excited. I'm home and I, I say... I text them back and say, yep, on my way. And I tell Megan, hey, I got to get going. I mean, there's times where we need to do that, but I don't need to do that every time. I need to rest. I need to make sure that I'm taking care of my spirit. It's the exact same thing with all of us. We need to be resting. We don't have just a burned out problem. We have a rest problem, and it comes from not knowing exactly what to do. I want you to re read in Psalm 127.2. It says, in vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. This is a really interesting part in scripture, actually. What this is saying is it's another example of letting you and I know that God is going to take care of every need you have. How many of you guys believe that? Can we get an amen, somebody? Amen. How many of you guys believe that God is going to take care of your every need? How many people believe that? I'm telling you what, 
it is a hard thing to believe. When you're walking in the midst of being tired, when you're walking in the midst of a struggle, when you're walking in the midst of a difficult situation, it's so easy. 2020 has brought a lot of issues. I've talked about them on stage for many different people. Maybe you've developed some habits in your life. You simply cannot break them. They're extremely difficult. Maybe you've been battling with some mental illness. Maybe you've been battling with addiction. I don't know what you, maybe you've been break, uh, struggling with relationships. Maybe there's broken relationships in your life. Maybe there's family members that are stressing you out. Maybe there's all these things going on in your life and it's this constant rotation of just, wow, I am in such a, a mental struggle and I have to figure this out. I gotta figure this out. We are problem solvers. That's what we are, but you know what? We just sang about who God is. We're problem solvers. We don't always have the answers. You know who he is? He's a way maker. He makes a way when there is absolutely no way. That is the God that we serve. And there's so many times in my mind where I'm thinking, God, if you could, man, if you could just heal me right now, if you could take this from me, and he doesn't. Or you say, God, I just, just sit tight. I got to figure this out. Just let me figure this out because we're problem solvers, right? If I can figure this out. And he says, Exactly what he says in Psalm 127. In vain you rise early and you stay up late. This is essentially talking about somebody who is trying to figure it out because they're waking up early with this stress to try to figure it out and they're staying up late. Because they think that as long as they're awake, as long as they're conscious, as long as they're going, 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 they'll get the answers. What does God say? He says he grants sleep for those he loves. For those that pursue him and trust him. That is the issue right here in Psalm 127 too. Do you trust him enough to get rest? Or are you trying to figure everything out on your own? Because when you try to figure out everything on your own, you're going to get burned out. I think 2020, everybody had an opinion. <laughs> everybody had an answer. Everybody was either right here on a subject or right here on a subject. There was no peaceful disagreements. There was no conversations. It felt, it felt like anyways, I know there was, but it felt like that. And we were constantly diving into our own souls to make sure that we were heard, that our opinions were valued, that we were right. And I think somewhere along the line, we lost this idea of trust, that God is in control. Can I humbly tell you something right now? You already know this, but I just want to say it. I do not have all the answers. In fact, I don't have half the answers. I don't have a quarter of the answers. Most of the questions you would ask me will come with this answer for me. I don't know. I'm fully aware that I don't have the answers. And let me tell you something. You don't have all the answers. So why are we waking up early and staying up late and toiling for food to eat when we know that God is capable of taking care of us. If we trust him, we will rest. I believe there is four things today, practically, that I want to be able to give you to show you how to rest. I'm sure there's more, but we want to highlight four things. And as I was thinking about these things and, and praying, and I really did, I felt like the Holy Spirit was just saying, you need to go in to this idea that there is a way to rest outside of sleep. There is a way to rest when it involves me. I felt like God was saying that. I am the greatest rest. 
He spoke these words and I felt it. I felt like God was just saying, you know what, Mike, too often you're trying to go after something and you're not trusting me. And I want to be able to give you four things that I believe the Holy Spirit had laid on my heart today. And before we do, I'm going to do something different. I don't normally pray in the middle of the sermon, but I I want to actually just, I'm going to ask that God um, would open our ears and our hearts and our minds right now. So if you would join me in the middle of this sermon, I want to just take take a moment to pray. God, we come before you, and I really believe that your Holy Spirit gave these practical ways because the truth is you are the only rest. I struggle with these four things because I think too often I lack trust. I want to see you move, but I'm the individual sometimes that you're choosing to use and and I won't even get up off the couch or I won't even get away from my sleep because I think those are the things that are going to give me rest. And the truth is that there's just moments in our lives where it's you're calling us to do something and by serving we would actually feel rested and I think we buy into this lie that we're not. So I ask God that these four things, Father, maybe some of the individuals sitting in here, all four things are going to hit them. Maybe it'll just be one, but may you open their hearts, God. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. The first one is this, how can we rest? Well, I believe that you need to have an intentional hobby. I really do. I think that hobby and activity to fill up our tank, family time, etc. You know what fills up your tank, and only you know what fills up your tank. I mean, yes, your, your spouse or your family might say, this is something that really uh, gives them a, an opportunity to fill up their tank, but you know in those moments what's going to fill up your tank, some sort of hobby. I have multiple hobbies that I do. I have multiple activities that I do. Playing basketball is something that really fills up my tank. Watching the Jags football really fills up my tank. I know that's shocking because we're 1 in, four, one in 14 after today, but... It does actually fill up my tank, even though I'm also extremely stressed at the same time. I don't get how that works. But watching Jags football really fills up my tank. Going out to eat with my family really fills up my tank. Doing some of these things really fills up my tank. Going out with people, hanging out with people really fills up my tank. You know what fills up your tank. Maybe for you it's fishing. You like to go out and fish. You like the solitude. You like to see Uh, you know, just how many fish you can catch. That competition in your mind is something that really fills you up. Maybe it's going hunting or it's being out in the woods just seeing God's creation. Maybe it's sitting, listening to music. Maybe it's traveling. I don't know what it is, but you know what fills up your tank. And it's a really big thing to rest because if you don't have anything in your tank, you'll never be at your greatest. We know this. A lot of us are running on empty. And we think that we can keep going like that. We think, as long as I keep grinding, that's what God called me to do. God also called you to fill up. There's a song, and it says, fill me up and send me out. Notice how it says, fill me up, before it says, send me out. It doesn't say, hey, God, send me out and then fill me up. Now, he can do that. He's capable, because sometimes at our worst, when we choose obedience in serving, he will still fill us up. But notice in that song, I think it's so true, fill me up and send me out. That's why I think this right here church and what I saw on Wednesday with the Christmas Eve early service, that's why I think it's so crucial. That's why I think the body of Christ is so crucial. 
Because hopefully in here you're going to get encouraged and challenged, whether it's through the music or the worship or a relationship or a conversation that you have or when you're greeted when you walk in. Church is a big deal because it's a group of people coming together, hopefully being filled up and then being sent out into the world. That's why I believe this is great. That's why I believe that we do church. It's not just so we can just come together and routine. and so It's like, no, there's an opportunity to be filled up and sent out. And you need that. But this is one hour of one week. You can't expect just to get filled up and then go out. You have to be doing things, an intentional hobby, to fill yourself up. The second one is this. You need a dedicated devotion. Now, I'm not talking about a devotional, like a book or something. That is great, too. You can totally do that. I'm talking about a planned time that you connect with the Spirit of God. A planned time that you connect with the Spirit of God. This is something that's crucial. If we don't plan, if we don't make a plan to spend time with God, we won't be able to execute a plan to, to, to spend time with God. It's just not going to happen. You have to be intentional to plan a dedicated devotion. What does this look like? Maybe it means you listen to worship music. Maybe it means you do dive into a devotional. Maybe you're diving into the scriptures. Maybe you're meeting for a men's Bible study. Maybe you're meeting for a women's breakfast. Maybe, you're, I don't know what it is, but it's a planned time that you are devoting yourself to connect with the Spirit of God, however you do that. We all do that differently. Every person connects with God probably in different ways. And you know that way. If you've done that before, maybe you never have. Maybe you feel like, I've never really connected with God. Try something. Try to dive into the scriptures. Try to join a small group. Try to, you fill in the blank. There's different ways. We have to have a planned, dedicated time of devotion. Because I believe that if we don't do this, it's another sign of burnout. Because when you don't get your tank filled, you're going to get burned out. Can I tell you something real quick that I really believe is true about burned out? I know you're going to keep hearing that word because I think sometimes that's where we're at. And I'm guessing... For those of you that are sitting in this room or watching online, I am guessing that 2020 has made you feel burned out to some extent. I've not talked to anybody that has not said, oh, I'm ready for next year. But can I tell you that December 31st and January 1st, when you wake up in the morning, you won't feel any different unless you do different things. It's just a different day. When the day clicks over, nothing changes unless you put in the work. So if you feel burned out in 2020, can I tell you that in 2021, if you don't change anything or have time with God to fill your spirit up and connect with him, you're going to wake up January 1st and January 2nd, January 3rd, just as burned out as you were in 2020? Because I want to tell you something. Burned out isn't a sign of weakness. I think we see it as, that, oh, I'm just going to go and go and go, and then, you know what, I'm just really burned out. I can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to disappoint people. Burned out is not a sign of weakness. Burned out is a sign of trying to be too strong. It's a opportunity when you're burned out to see, wow, I maybe have not been trusting God. Wow, I've maybe been doing too much. Wow, I don't know how to rest. It's a really, really big deal. Do not walk into 2021 the way you're walking in 2020 if you feel burned out. I'm going to tell you you need to do one of these four things or maybe need to do all of them. The third one is this, purposeful spiritual discipline. This right here would be something that we do to create an atmosphere of obedience to God in our lives. Purposeful spiritual discipline. Spiritual disciplines a lot of times are out the window because it's so easy to get caught up in just life. Serving is a really big deal. You want to fill your tank? Serve. You want to fill your tank? 
Have an opportunity to witness somebody by your attitude and your actions. You want to fill yourself up, get involved in a relationship with somebody that you can care for and you can, you can encourage them. You want to fill yourself up, find somebody you can hold accountable and you can be held accountable. It, these spiritual disciplines are a really, really big deal. And in a society who's kind of just right now, it feels like just a free-for-all, we have to remind ourselves that we need to have discipline in our lives. I am not, I know this is going to come shocking to everybody, I am not a disciplined person. I'm not the most disciplined person. I don't have this schedule where I wake up at 8 a.m. and at 9 a.m. I do this. I mean, pretty much the only thing that I do routine-wise is go to Starbucks like in the morning and it's, now it's even changed days. It was on my day off or whatever, but now I have the boys. I, I'm not really this disciplined, routine person. I kind of like the free-for-all. Megan is a very disciplined, routine person. She's all about the schedule and looking, you know, looking in advance and saying, oh, this is what we have on this day. And, th and I'm just like, hey, tell me a half hour before we're supposed to leave and, and we're good. You know, it's like, heck, I swear, like, I'll wake up on a day and she'll be like, hey, remember, you have to do a wedding today. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not disciplined. So this is not an easy thing for me. But spiritual disciplines are a different story because this is an opportunity for you to create an atmosphere of obedience. What is God calling you to do? What is God calling me to do? If I could be incredibly honest with you, I always like to be. Spiritual disciplines, I think, a lot of times involve incredibly, um, I don't want to say uncomfortable situations, I believe that spiritual disciplines put you in an in a atmosphere of uncomfortability at times. Because what a spiritual discipline is, is it's creating an atmosphere that puts you outside your comfort zone. It's having God stretch you. Now, I know there's a bunch of different um, definitions of spiritual disciplines, but when we're talking about rest, I think that we think rest involves comfortability. I need to be comfortable to get rest. You can actually find rest and you can actually find peace when God is stretching you because in James it says, consider it pure joy, which means joy is a choice when you face trials. And what I actually believe that God is saying is he's trying to convey to you and me that when we're stretched, there is some joy and there is some peace and there will be rest in knowing that you are growing closer to God, that you are becoming more like Jesus. The closer you get to Jesus, the more rest you will find. God is rest. He is love. He is grace. His arms are open wide. And the closer you get to him, the safer you feel. But sometimes to get to him and to get to his rest, you have to be stretched and you have to be outside your comfort zone. He might be calling you to do something right now, and you know he's calling you to do it, but you just feel like you cannot do it because I just I don't want to be stretched. I'm already burned out, I'm already struggling. Maybe he's like, hey, I'd love for you to serve in this area, or I'd love for you to go down to the food pantry and do this, or I'd love for you to, whatever it might be for you, and you're like, whoa, God, I'm already like stretched pretty thin. Like, I can't do anymore. And he might be telling you, maybe some of the other things you're doing aren't giving you rest because you're outside of what I'm calling you to do. And he's like, if you would just be obedient to me, and create an atmosphere of spiritual disciplines, you would find that the closer you get to me, the more rest you get. And then this last one, I think might be one of the, one of the most hard things to do. It's unplugged time frame. You need an unplugged 
time frame. This means time away from the distraction of the world, whether it's quiet time, family time, etc. I really struggle to shut my phone off. I'm just, I don't do it, I'll be honest. Like, I've, I've heard of some people doing it, and I'm like, is that an urban legend? Like, I don't really know. It's like, this cannot be, did people really do that? On Mondays, on my day off, I know that I should turn my phone off. I, I've known some people in their lives that turn their phones off because they're just like, I'm going to make sure that, like, I'm unplugged. I tell myself, I'll be unplugged today, but then I go check my phone every 20 minutes. Now, I do leave my phone on. I'm not saying if you leave your phone on, you shouldn't, but I leave my phone on in case Megan needs to call, blah, 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 all that stuff, but I also check Instagram. I also check Facebook. I also get on different games or whatever, or look up stuff on ESPN. Like, it's more than just I want to make sure that somebody's calling. You need an unplugged time frame. I don't know if it's possible in your schedule right now, but if it's not, you should find some time because I think it's that important. And part of it is another spiritual discipline. It's just saying, God, I'm going to give you my time. I'm going to set apart, again, going back to Genesis, I'm going to set apart time to make sure that I'm resting. Unplug yourself. And then before we close, I'm going to call the band back up. There's a verse that I want to read as we kind of close out the year. That rest is essentially leaked to a concept that true rest comes from the Almighty God and exists so that we might glorify His name. I want you to know something today. In 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 5, it says this. It says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I want you to know that the enemy is out for two things. He's out to steal your mind and he's out to steal your time. He's out to steal your mind and he's out to steal your time. And if he steals, if he steals those two things, you will never experience rest. If he steals your mind, the battle starts right here. And if he steals this, you will never find rest. If he steals all of your time seven days a week and you don't make any time to set apart and he steals all that time, you will never find rest. We have to get out of the mindset that go, go, go is the right thing. Maybe you consider yourself an extremely driven person. That is awesome. God himself was an extremely driven person. Jesus came to the earth for 33 years, didn't have much time, knew that he had to make it count. But it's interesting that his greatest ministry was in the last three years. It's almost like he wanted to set this tone that, hey, I'm going to be here for 33 years, but I'm also going to take time to pray. I'm also going to take time to grow. And when I go hard, I'm going to make it count. And so those six days that you have, you should make them count. But there should be time in your schedule that you stop to rest. And I know you're probably sitting here and say, Mike, I've heard this before. Thanks for this. I appreciate it. I'll take my chances and keep being driven. Then you know what? Maybe you'll keep experiencing burnout. Maybe you'll keep experiencing I'm tired. Maybe you'll keep experiencing all the things that you wish that weren't a part of your life, exhaustion, all these different things. You need to rest. I can't hound that enough. You need to rest. Would you bow your heads with me and pray? Dear Jesus, we come before you. And...
I don't know, truthfully, it's just extremely difficult sometimes to rest. It really is. I, I've even found that at home sometimes. I can't sit still. I used to be able to sit down and watch TV, and I, I still love watching games and all stuff, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, I should be getting up doing something. There's always something to do around the house. There's never enough time. I wish there was more days in the week. I've heard all of this. And this is kind of almost like a boring topic, and I, I get that, because, like, we don't really want to rest. Like, it, yeah, it's like, okay, thanks, God. Like, I'll rest a little bit. It's actually interesting. It, it, it's really kind of almost a commandment in terms of, I mean, you came to abolish the law, God, but you, like, you commanded us to serve you. Like, that is just something we should be doing. But how can we fully do that when we're not rested? I, I just, I don't, I've been there too much. I've been unrested too much. I ask that the takeaway that your Holy Spirit would flow in us today and realize the importance of what it means to rest. Rest is not just sleeping. Rest is not just sitting on the couch. Rest is intentional time with you. It's creating spiritual disciplines. It's obedience. It's unplugging. It's recognizing that you blessed the seventh day and we should recognize that without you and you alone, there is no rest. It's recognizing that you made the seventh day holy because you wanted us to acknowledge all that you have done. You did two things on that day. You created for six days. You went hard, God, and then on that seventh day, you made an opportunity for us. You painted a picture for us to recognize, wow, we can sit back and look what God has done. If you're a person that is always sitting here in this room, that's always on to the next thing, and you can never enjoy what God is doing right now, can I challenge you to stop and rest and recognize what he's done in your life? Because rest is also acknowledging and having gratitude for what you've already done, God, and that's what we choose to do today. We might not take a full day. We, won't, we probably don't have a full day to do that. But goodness, don't we have an hour or two? Can't we make an hour or two? Can't we make a half hour to dive into the scripture with you? Can't we set an intentional time aside to, to create an atmosphere where you can speak to us? Can't we unplug for a moment? Next time our finger goes to click Instagram, would you remind us, hey, maybe for this next 20 minutes, I don't do that. Maybe I sit here and acknowledge all that you've done. Rest is a big deal, Jesus. We love you. And I ask that these individuals are encouraged and challenged this morning. But this is crucial. 2021 does not have to be 2020. But it's not going to change automatically just because the clock strikes midnight. It's going to change when we realize, I don't want to be exhausted anymore. I don't want to be burned out. I want to be rested. We love you, Jesus. We thank you. Amen.